0: You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. Well, good morning, my friends. How are you this morning? So good. I'm so excited to bring the Word to you this morning. I'm so thankful for this opportunity to share the Word um, with you. And, you know, over the last few weeks, we've had sort of a trend in our messages of Pastor Rachel speaking on The Shift, Pastor Bevan speaking on Creating Spaces last week. And this week, you know, God's really put on my heart a word to speak about choosing, choosing well, making decisions well. And so as we start, would you join me in prayer as we commit this message to God Lord God, I just thank you that you are a faithful and you are trustworthy and a good God. I thank you that we can can fix our eyes on you, that we can trust that you have the best and highest for us. And Holy Spirit, as I speak this morning, I just pray you'll minister and speak to each one of our hearts individually. Speak to us as only you can and show us the way in which we should go. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So a few years ago, while I was still playing basketball, I started to have this little issue with like my left knee, a niggling little issue with my left knee. And I went and saw a sports medicine physician and she said to me, I've got a couple of options. I've got two choices. So the first choice was that there was a little bit of wear and tear in the knee. So I could stop playing basketball or play in a more social capacity because then the load on the knee joint would be lessened. Not an ideal option for me. The second option was to completely stop playing because, or I could, I could keep playing or I would run the risk of needing a knee replacement like in my 40s or something like that. So again, looking at, to be honest, neither of them looked like an ideal option or sounded like an ideal choice to me. But I was faced with a tough decision. I was faced with a choice that I had to make and I wasn't really sure how to choose in that situation. I ended up choosing to, to stop playing basketball for a season and I started doing more strength and conditioning training, which then helped to strengthen the knee and the structures around it, which has been a super positive outcome. See, just like I had a choice around whether I keep playing basketball or not, each and every day, you and I were faced with loads and loads of choices in everyday life. Sometimes the choices are around smaller things. What should I cook for dinner? What have I got in the fridge? What should I wear to work? to that to that event this is where I'm thankful for a work uniform no choice required you put on the same thing every day what should I do after work today should I go for a walk should I go to the gym should I have a sleep should I sit on the couch should I buy those shoes <laughs> I sleep. should I buy those shoes should I buy that new gadget do I need that new computer what tv show or movie should I watch Should I really be watching that or listening to that? Lots of choices, lots of decisions. You know, they're sort of the little decisions of the choices we make, but sometimes our choices can be around bigger decisions. Do I invest in that property? Should I buy or rent that property? Should I let my children go to the event, to that event? Do I pursue that relationship? Do I invest in that business? Do I start this new business venture? How do I handle this tough situation with my spouse? with my family, with my children? Should I go on that date? Do I accept the promotion? Should I take a break from studying? Should I pursue a new avenue of study? How do I have that tough conversation with my family, my friend or my boss? Lots of decisions we're faced with. Lots of choices with those decisions. And when faced with choices in decision-making, it can sometimes be exciting to have all those options. But let's be honest, it can sometimes be a bit overwhelming to have lots of choices, lots of options. We can feel unsettled. We can feel unsure. It's the unknown. We're not sure what's the best road to take. See, when we're faced with choices, so bear with me, this is a bit of a nerd moment, a bit of science. There are multiple parts of the brain that are involved. The main two ones, are the prefrontal cortex and the hippocampus. And what they do is when you receive information... They then process all that information. So things like, you know, weighing up the pros and cons of each choice, each decision, and then feeding back information to you to make the best decisions. So if you can imagine, there's lots of processes. Information comes in, information is processed, and then information comes back out of the brain. So it's kind of natural that you'd feel maybe a little bit overwhelmed, that you can feel confronted, that you can feel like, yeah, wow, my brain is being bombarded with these a million thoughts, a million miles an hour when I'm faced with making decisions. So the reality is making decisions, choosing well, can be challenging. But my friends, I've got amazing news for you this morning. I've got great news for you this morning. Can I encourage you that you and I have an amazing guide in choosing well? That you and I, as followers of Jesus, we have Holy Spirit who guides us into all truth, that leads us and guides us in our decision making, Can I encourage you, my friend, that God cares about you so greatly. He cares about each and every intimate detail of your life. God is interested in our decisions. God will guide us in our decision-making. In Psalm 37, verses 23 to 24, it says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fail, never fall, for the Lord holds them By the hand. In Psalm 37, verse 23, in the Amplified Version says, The steps of a good and righteous man are directed and established by the Lord, and he delights in his way and blesses his path. What an amazing promise you and I have, my friends, that God delights in your way. He directs your steps, He directs your path the way you need to go, He blesses your path. What does that mean? That as as we choose to follow His lead, He gives us all we need in that pathway that we choose. Peace, provision, strength, wisdom, joy, freedom, as we walk in the pathway He gives us. So my friends, be encouraged that God will lead you and guide you in your choices. Be encouraged, my friends, that you and I can choose well as we follow God's lead. But guys, don't take my word for it this morning. Let's look at the Bible. Let's see multiple scriptures where God promises that He will lead and guide us in choosing well. In Psalm 32, verse 8, it says, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Proverbs 16, verse 3 says, Turn to the Lord for help in everything you do, and you will be successful. Proverbs 18, verse 15, Wise men and women are always learning always listening for fresh insight. That friends, you and I can always be listening, always be learning fresh insight from God. See, there's so many examples in the Bible where people chose well. Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus rather than rushing around in busyness. Daniel chose to continue to pray and worship God despite the threat of the lion's den. David chose his slingshot and a rock in battle. What God had equipped him with, rather than a sword and armour that belonged to someone else. Time and time again, we see examples of people choosing well in the Bible. So today, I'll look at a story of someone who chose well, and that leading to an amazing outcome for him and the people of Israel. We're going to look at the story of Jonathan's daring plan. What a title, love it. In 1 Samuel 14. So to give you some background, the Israelites were in a military conflict with the Philistines, They were vastly outnumbered, and the Philistines' military technology far surpassed that. We read in chapter 13 that the Israelites um, were hiding in caves because they were fearful. They were hiding away from the Philistines because they would lost their weapons as well. They couldn't find blacksmiths to make their weapons for them, so they were without weapons as well. And we read that a Philistine contingent had secured the pass at Mi'kmash, which was an important pathway to pass through, And the first times had set up an outpost there. So they had a series of soldiers there guarding the spot. Sounds like the Israelites were at a standstill. They may have been unsure about what to do next. Perhaps they felt vulnerable, uneasy, under-equipped. Perhaps they were discouraged. Have you ever felt like that? That you're at a standstill, that you're unsure of what to do next? but there's great encouragement we can get from this story today. So let's read from 1 Samuel chapter 14, starting at verse 1. One day, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on, let's go over to where the Philistines had their outposts. But Jonathan did not tell his father, who was Saul the king, what he was doing. Meanwhile, Saul and his 600 men were camped on the outskirts of Gibeah around the pomegranate tree at Migron. So if you're taking notes this morning, my friend, In choosing well, the first point I want to bring to your attention is, in choosing well, we can choose to pursue the possibilities. See, let's be honest here. The reality of the situation was that the natural circumstances for the Israelites did not look favorable. They were outnumbered. They didn't have the weapons they needed. They weren't sure how they were going to proceed. The Philistines had secured the outpost. However, Jonathan chose not to look at the natural circumstances. He chose to not stay where everyone else was, Everyone else was at the camp at Migron, but he said to his armor-bearer, let's go, let's go and scout out the Philistines' outposts. So what does this mean for you and I today? See, in making decisions, sometimes it it involves choosing to pursue the possibilities or scout out what the options might be. It involves action on our part. What could this look like? Perhaps it's applying for jobs. Perhaps it involves speaking to a professional, a financial planner, a mortgage broker about your finance options. Perhaps it's speaking to a counsellor, a psychologist, a doctor about health concerns. Perhaps it entails catching up with a mentor or pastor, a pastor for guidance. Perhaps it means doing some research on jobs, business ventures, different fields of studies. Whatever it may look like, that as we, as we choose well, we can choose to pursue the possibilities we can choose to pursue what is out there, to scout out the possibilities. In pursuing the possibilities, it may also involve doing something that no one around you is doing presently. See, Jonathan didn't stay at Migron. Saul and the 600 men stayed there. No one realized in verse 3, it says that he was gone. So it wasn't like he was doing it, you know, as a, as a show pony act to go after glory or try and seek out how he could get glory in this battle. He was scouting out the options. But you know, the great outcome we can see here is there was a great outcome of him pursuing the possibility that Jonathan actually found a strategic position where they could come up against the Philistines. So we read this in verse 4. To reach the Philistine outpost, Jonathan had to go down between two rocky cliffs that were called Bozes and Sene. The cliff on the north was in front of, was in front of Michmash and the one on the south was in front of Geba. So picture this. We have a narrow part that they've got to travel to And on either side, we've got two sharp rocky cliffs that are difficult to access. If You imagine a narrow path between two sharp cliffs. This creates a bottleneck effect. Now, a bottleneck effect is a strategic position for a battle. Because if you're outnumbered, a big group of people can't come through in a big group through a bottleneck. They have to come through gradually. So two men, Jonathan is armor bearer, have a better chance in a battle when there's a narrow path with that bottleneck effect. See, the outcome of Jonathan and his scouting out the possibility is they found a strategic position for battle. From being in a place of standstill, Jonathan found a possible pathway for breakthrough. From the Israelites being in a place of standstill, Jonathan found a possible place for breakthrough. So how does this apply to you and I today? Could it be that as we pursue the possibilities, as we take action, as we scout out what God might have for us, that we see great possibilities that we can choose from. We see opportunities for breakthrough. See, I have a good friend who's seen the outcome of this in her life. She had a promise from God to get married, and she'd held to that promise for many years, but she had not seen it come to pass. And one day she felt God say something to her to take action, something that she hadn't really wanted to do before. It was to go on an online dating site. But she took that option and she said, "Yep, I'm going to take action and go on this site. An amazing thing happened. Someone made contact on the site and it turned out this person was actually someone she already knew and had connected with through work. And this person didn't even realize that she was single all this time, but through her going on this website, he was like, oh, she's single. Do you know what? They end up going out, end up dating, and today they're happily married. See, it started with her action of pursuing the possibility of following through on what God said to her. And she saw the great outcome as a result of that. So, friends, in choosing well, let's be people who, together, choose to pursue the possibilities. Let's keep reading the story of Jonathan and his armor bearer to learn more about choosing well. Continuing on in verse six, let's go across the outposts of those pagans. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, "Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win the battle whether he has a few warriors, only a few; whether he has many warriors, only a few." Do what you think is best, the armor bearer replied. I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. In choosing well, friends, we can choose to trust God and align ourselves with truth. See, Jonathan didn't look at how big the odds were that were stacked against him. He looked to the God he followed, declaring that nothing can hinder God and numbers did not matter when God was in charge. He chose to trust God and align himself in truth, declaring what God can do. His words remind me of Paul's words in Romans 8, verse 31 to 32. So what should we say about this? If God is for us, no one can be against us. And God is with us. He will even let his own son suffer for us. God gave his son for all of us. So now with Jesus, God will surely give us all things. You and I can trust God today, my friends. You and I can learn to trust him. Just like Jonathan had to go, hey, it doesn't matter the numbers that we have. I can trust that God will bring this outcome. And the reality is learning to trust God is an ongoing journey. It's not something we wake up with overnight and get that journey. It starts with small steps, learning to follow his lead and take him at his word. See, I've used this analogy before, but it bears repeating again. So I'm going to invite my young friend, my young assistant friend, Tim, to bring up my little analogy. So trust is a bit like building muscles, building strength, starting resistance training, weight training. Now, if you've ever done any exercise, you know, sometimes when you first start training, you see the bigger weights and you're like, no deal. I can't handle that. But then you can start to trust God with little steps and you go, oh, look, maybe I can start lifting the little weights. Totally doable, totally manageable, even has a smiley face, makes you feel happy. too far (laughs) but so that's what our trust journey can look like a little bit at the start you know we sort of go oh I'm not sure if I can trust God with the big things that's okay we start by praying for something that maybe we're believing for praying for something small and we see a favorable outcome we're like yes God came through for that I can trust you with the bigger things and a bit like a weight program or a resistance program, you know, you do it for a few weeks and then slowly your trainer or, whoever, or your program might say, it's time to go up to the heavier weight. So you progress from the smiley face four kilogram to the more serious black eight kilogram kettlebell. And, you know, it seems like a big step, but then you've actually developed the muscle And the strength to be able to do that because you've started with the small decision of trusting and continued in that small decision of trusting that you've built the trust to be able to lift the heavier weights, to be able to have a greater level of trust in God. You have this feeling of security, this feeling of rest, this feeling of peace that you've got this, you've got the heavier weights because you've built the muscle to trust God. See, this is something I'm having to learn as well and continue learning one of the biggest journeys of trust for me has been the journey of purchasing my first home. But see, it didn't start with this massive decision of applying for a loan and making this decision to buy a house. It started with small steps, with the little small trust journeys. It started with the decision when God said, hey, rather than using this extra income you've got for, for buying, to buy a new pair of basketball shoes, how about you give it, to me, give it away for missions? Little step of Trust. It started with when we had things like miracle offerings or bushfire appeals, allowing God to speak to me about an amount to give away. Another little step of trust built that trust muscle a little bit. It continued with me seeing that despite giving away these finances, as God was saying, I always had everything I needed and more. See, in choosing to trust, trust God, I continued to align myself to his truth, declaring scriptures like Philippians 4.19 that God will supply all my needs and 2 Corinthians 9, 8, God will generously provide all I need, and I'll have plenty to left, left over to share with others that we heard about in the encouragement around giving. See, I haven't seen it completely come to pass. I'm still not in the house. And, you know, there's lots of murmurings about what's going to happen in the future, interest rates going up, costs of building, skyrocketing, that people won't be able to afford it. So there is uncertainty in the natural. But see, I've taken those small steps that now my level of trust has increased. And so I continue to fix my trust on God and go, you will see it through. Friends, aligning ourselves to and declaring God's truth fosters this trust building. It's not an overnight journey, but as we continue to take those small actions of faith and align ourselves to his truth, we build our trust and we can choose well. So friends, in choosing well, let's continue to be people who trust God and align ourselves to his word. Thirdly, from the story of Jonathan's daring plan, we see that we can choose well by choosing to wait on God's next instruction or direction and then act. Let's read from verse 8 to 10. All right, then Jonathan told them, we will cross over and told him, we will cross over and let them see us. If they say to us, stay where you are or we'll kill you, then we will stop and not go up to them. But if they say, come on up and fight, then we will go up. That will be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat them. Jonathan was hopeful. He believed that God could lead them to victory. However, he also had wisdom in his decision-making. He didn't rush ahead. He wasn't reckless or rushing ahead of God. He asked for a sign. He said, you know, if, if the Philistines say to us, come up and fight, then we know that's the sign that God's going to fight for us. Let's keep reading in verse 11 to 12. When the Philistines saw them coming, they shouted, look, look the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes because they'd been hiding in caves. Then the men from the outposts shouted to Jonathan, come on up here, that was his sign, and we'll teach you a lesson. So we read, then Jonathan says, come on, climb up right behind me, Jonathan said to his armour bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them. Jonathan waited for the next step from God and then he moved forward. So how does this apply to you and I today? My friends, in our decision making, we too can ask and wait for God's directions. You know, we can see there are other instances in the Bible where individuals ask for God's directions, for a sign or for directions or indication. In the story of Gideon, Gideon wanted to know if God would rescue the Israelites. So he asked if he could have a dew-coated fleece appear on dry ground. And then he also asked to have a dry fleece on a dew-coated ground. Make sure I get that right. God answered him. God directed him both times, as he did with Jonathan in this instance. My friends, can I encourage you that you and I can ask for God, can ask God for direction and an indication on choosing well in our decision-making. So how do you hear from God? There are many ways we can hear from God. Sometimes it can be an audible sound. We, you know, Samuel heard the voice of God talking to him. Sometimes it can be through a vision or a dream. We see that in the book of Acts, where Peter, Saul had visions or dreams. But often it's a thought or an impression Something that your mind, a thought or an impression that comes into your mind that you're like, there's no way I could have come up with that myself. Sometimes something stands out when you're reading his word and you can't shake that thought. Or you're listening to a sermon or a podcast or worship music and something stands out to you that you can't shake. See, how do you know God is speaking to you? He's always wanting to speak to us. When God's speaking to you, it's always in line with his word and always in line with his character. So he wouldn't tell you do anything that is harmful or fraudulent, but he might tell you to, to work through some conflict or apologise for bad behaviour. When God speaks to you, it's never to condemn you or to shame you or make you feel guilty, take you on a guilt trip. The things that he, that, that he might bring up that seem challenging, things that we need to work on, that we may wrestle with or be unsure about, but it's never to condemn us or to shame us. It's never to make us feel awful, but it's always for our good. And like I said before, when God is speaking to you, often it's kind of a thought that you might know, you mightn't have thought of yourself, that you wouldn't necessarily think about to do yourself. You know, a big area I know that when God is speaking to me is when he says about giving away finances, because that's not normally a thought that I would plant in my head myself, being being like a saver and trying to be fiscally responsible by nature. And often when God speaks to you, it's something you can't shake, that it keeps niggling in your mind. You know, you kind of like, oh, I want to push that thought away, but it just keeps coming up. But the great thing is when you respond to that, that thought or whatever God says, there's a great freedom and a great peace that comes And you're like, I knew that was you, God, because I had to respond in that situation because now have a great peace. So as I give those examples this morning, perhaps something comes to mind that God is speaking to you about. What direction has God been giving to you? What direction has God been speaking to you about? What choices do you have that God might be bringing to the forefront of your mind, even as I'm speaking this morning? Have you followed through on that instruction? Have you taken action with what he's asked you to do? Hear my heart, hear my friends. It's not to be condemning or harsh because I'm on this journey too. Maybe you need to hear a sign like Jonathan did, like Gideon asked for. Maybe you need a sign from God before you feel like you can proceed. Why don't you ask Him for one? He's always wanting to speak to us, to show us His heart, to lead us and direct us. Maybe you're still in that waiting process like Jonathan did for the next instruction. See, in this story, it seems like Jonathan receives his sign to move at once. Come on now, let's go. Come on up to us, the feel said, yep, let's do this. But let's be honest, that's not always the case. We don't always get our next step straight away. So what happens when you're waiting for the instruction? How do you stay in that place? My friend, can I encourage you? Stay the course. Stay the course. Don't rush ahead of what God has for you. Stay on the path. God always has the best and the highest for you. He will come through He's one who fulfills his promises. He will not fail you. He will not let you down. He will not relax his hold on you. You and I can learn to trust him. See, I'm on this journey with you as well. I'm learning to trust him too. I'm learning to stay the course and not rush ahead, being a planner or a problem solver by nature. See, Pastor Rachel's word a couple of weeks ago about the shift, like I really connected with it. God really spoke to me through it. That, you know, I was like, oh, I am in a shift at the moment, actually. And wouldn't necessarily say that I love being in the shift at the moment because I don't have the full picture around the shift. And like I said, like being a planner, being an organiser, liking to problem solve, I'm like, I want to I organise this. I want to understand this. I want to work this out. But I can't. I can't. I can't work it out in my own strength. But I'm learning to sit and wait and understand and wait for God's direction. See, it's not always easy. Let's be be honest, that waiting process. You know, when Pastor Kirsten Geeling was here last month, she said something from Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 about not leaning on your all walls of understanding. And that's really stuck with me because I love to have understanding. I love to lean on my all walls of understanding. But Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. Don't try to figure it out on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. He will keep you and I on track, my friends. He has a good track record of doing that. See, I'm learning to not try and figure out my own. Instead, to wait on him, to wait for his next direction, to not rush ahead. And let's be honest, it's hard at times because there's so many thoughts and emotions and unsettledness and feelings that come with it. But I'm learning to sit in the unsettledness. When I don't feel at ease, I choose to remind myself and align myself to His truth. Like the second point I brought up, aligning yourself to truth builds that trust, declaring His word, His truth. 1 John 3.20 says, but even if we don't feel at ease, but even if we don't feel at ease, God is greater than our feelings. God is greater than our feelings and He knows everything. My friend, God knows everything. As you and I align ourselves to His Word, our thoughts, our emotions settle. See, I've learned to sit with this uncomfortable feeling and thoughts without them derailing me because I'm learning to trust the unknown to a known God. We can learn to trust the unknown to a known God. And there's such a freedom. There's such a joy. There's such a rest. There's such a peace that comes with this. So friends, in choosing well, we choose to pursue the possibilities. We can trust God and align ourselves with His truth. And we can wait for His direction and then act on it. So as I wrap up today, let's look at the outcome of Jonathan and his armor-bearer choosing well. We read from verse 13. To fifteen. So Jonathan and his armor bearer, they climbed up using both the hands and feet, and the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer, killed those who came behind them. They killed some 20 men in all, and their bodies were scattered about half an acre. Suddenly, panic broke out in the Philistine army, both in the camp and in the field, including even the outposts and the raiding parties. And just then an earthquake struck, and everyone was terrified. In verse 23, it says, So the Lord saved Israel that day. See, we see Jonathan and his bearer defeating the enemy. They achieve victory in this situation, despite the odds being against, stacked against them. We see the supernatural happen. Panic breaking out in the first-hand army, who vastly outnumbered them. An earthquake struck that terrified the army. The Israelites achieve a supernatural victory with God's help through following God's direction. What does this mean for you and I today, friends? Through choosing well and walking in solid God-directed decisions, you and I too can walk in victory. We can see incredible outcomes when the odds are stacked against us. Situations that might need breakthrough, situations in families, healing, restoration, strength, provision. We can see God work supernaturally in our lives. So friend, what is it that you might be faced with choosing today? Is there something you know God may be directing you in and you need further clarification? Like I said, at the start perhaps in the area of restoration of family relationship, maybe you're having to choose whether or not to pursue study. Could you be looking into a new job? Perhaps you're looking to pursue a new relationship. Perhaps you're looking at purchasing a home or even downsizing. Downsizing. Maybe you need some guidance to have a tough conversation. Psalm 32.8. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. He is our teacher. He is our guide. And so this morning in this place, or if you're watching online, you know, I want us to take this moment to respond to him. Like Pastor Bevan spoke about last week, we want us to create some space where God can speak to you in your decision-making, in your choice, choices so you can choose well. So we'll just have some music playing and how do you respond to God? See, it's not about how you respond or what your response looks like, but it's why you're responding. So if you're comfortable, I'll invite you to stand as an indication to him that, hey, I'm like serious about this. If you want to, you can come down the front of here because I'm going to come down there and send that to you because I'm responding to, because I want to choose well. And there's things that I need to choose well in my life. If you're comfortable just sitting in your seat, raising your arms. But just for a moment or two, we're going to allow Holy Spirit to speak to us. Like I said, He's always wanting to speak to us. So let's together choose well and allow God to guide us and lead our path. You know, in choosing well, one of the biggest decisions you can make is that initial decision of following Jesus. That initial decision of saying, I want to know you. I want to walk closely with you. To say, I want to lead, have you lead and guide my life. See, this is a salvation we heard about in Communion. This is a life-altering choice. Romans ten nine says if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And this decision, this choice starts with the prayer. So church, even as you're responding, I'm going to invite you to join in this prayer as well. But if there's anyone here watching online and you say to me, do you know what, I want to make that choice why don't you join in this prayer as well? Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me so much that you died for me. I declare with my mouth that Jesus, you are Lord and I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. I turn away from my life and I choose to follow you. Thank you that I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that that message was a blessing to you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, first of all, congratulations. We think that that is incredible. And secondly, if you go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps, our team has put together some resources as well as there's some information there for how you can get in contact with one of our pastors because we'd love to encourage you and connect you into the life of the church.